this is the Acolytes of Merlin, a podcast in which we discuss science fiction and fantasy books and other nerdy, geeky, or cool things. I like cool. Let's go with cool. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do cool. So, we are your hosts, Johnny Andreski And Jonathan Halper. And today, we will be talking about The Name of the Wind. First book of King Killer Chronicle by Patrick Rothfuss, a uh, look into uh, heroism and how it went wrong, and uh, the structure and makeup of fantasy in general. Yeah, just a little, just just a few things to talk about in the <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> So, uh, John, what did you think of the book? <laughs> um, I, I I liked it. I think that um, it's an important story in the in the fantasy canon. Um, I think it's doing some interesting things. Um, I would never call it one of my favorite stories um, because it's almost too interesting. If that makes sense, it's it's doing uh, a lot of uh, things that are especially challenging and that, uh, really kind of rock the whole fantasy genre. Um, and it's a lot to think about. Um, but I like to think and feel about a story and this doesn't hit me in that way, especially. What about you? Uh, yeah, I kind of get what you're saying. And before we kind of continue, uh, just kind of an FYI, uh, full spoilers for The Name of the Wind and oh, yeah. a, maybe a few, we'll say, household stories like Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, or Harry Potter. Um, but before we talk about, if we bring up specifics, we'll like have a spoiler warning for that. Uh, but yeah, just an FYI. So yeah, I, I like kind of, yeah, it's a really good book. Um, and definitely one of the most important like books in the, for the fantasy genre as a whole. Uh, it's, it's not necessarily, uh, I agree in that it's not going to be one of my favorite books ever. Uh, just there isn't. I like how you put it. There weren't enough. There weren't a lot of the enough gut punchy or harder hitting type things that are in like some of my other favorite books. But I think he does a lot of cool things in the Rothfuss does a lot of really cool things in talking about how like like a story is structured and what is a hero. Uh, and I think. One of the best and most important things it does, and this is kind of the whole point, is it is both, it is both a subversion of the fantasy genre, and but it also serves as a really good story within that genre. So while Rothfuss is kind of deconstructing and subverting the whole like idea of fantasy and like what a hero is, he is all like. His story and both also function as very good and or interesting, <laughs> because whether or not you want to define both as a good hero, that's 
well, that's what the book's about, but... <laughs> right, that's, that's, that's a very, very principal question. Yeah. Um, and I agree with you that he does both uh, challenges and writes a story within, um, and it would not work if he didn't do both, uh, because then... Because he, he is clearly a fantasy author and an author and a good one of both, then there is a sort of... That's a sort of certification... Um, of him as an authority to be able to subvert the genre. Mm. Otherwise, he would not be able to kind of put across that message in the same way. Uh, if you were just kind of this general um, realistic fiction writer guy who were saying that these are the problems with fantasy, it wouldn't, it wouldn't come across the same way, you know what I'm saying? No, right, because then it's either he's attacking the genre or it's like a satire. In, which, not to say that satire couldn't do that, like, be a, but then you're not... You're, there's a certain level of seriousness with which you would not be engaging, like, a discussion about fantasy and what it does and does not do well, or what you do and do not enjoy about it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, so, do we agree that the major two things he is subverting here are, um, you know, how we listen to and think things through stories and um, what it is to be a hero? Yes. With, the, with those, yeah, I would say those are the two big ones. Okay. Um, um, what do you want to... You want to talk about the hero? Yeah, yeah. Let's go into this hero. Guy. Mainly, <laughs> oh my god! It's it's uh, it's mainly this guy. It's mainly it's mainly both. Um, definitely definitely a subversion. Um, yes. Not uh, not your typical high minded um, perfect type hero, though he is very extraordinary. Yeah. So to back so to back up a little bit. Uh, just as a reference, if it if you either haven't read the book or it's been a while, Kvoth is the main character of the King Killer Chronicle, and we presume the King Killer mentioned in the title of the series, <laughs> right? Um, and the book basic the name of the wind basically follows him from his uh, his childhood, yeah, from his child, or at least the story, the part of his story that he is telling in the book follows him from his early childhood through mid-teenage years, but it's not really... Going back to the narrative stuff, he doesn't really look at it from, like, an age perspective. It's, it's not It's not kind of hammered in what age he is. Right. But he, we do know he's young for being where he is. He's at a, a university to learn um, all different sorts of things, um, both... Uh, Anything from grammar to right. yep. <laughs> to to, math, to, to magic, to, yeah, to, to math to magic, right? Yes, basically. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's being told. The story is being told at uh, from some unidentified point in the future uh, when he is has been uh, done with the university, but we're not quite sure what else has happened in that span of time. Yes. Um. Yeah. So that's basically your broad look at what the book what the book is insofar as like 
this is what it tells you about Quoth. Mm-hmm. So, going back to what you were saying about him being kind of, yeah, so the sub, he's obviously very much a subversion. Right. Um, but um, or, we want to think, one thing is we want to think of our heroes as uh, badass. Yes. <laughs> uh, we want to feel kind of, it, it sounds weird, but we kind of want to feel safe in their hands, basically. We want to go through the story feeling like we have, they're there to protect everything. And, and, and I, I also think that we like to go through stories looking at our heroes and saying, hey, I want to be that guy. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's the person that I want to be. Um, whereas, I, I don't really think I necessarily want to be Kvothe. I, I would want to be able to think like him in certain right, situations. Right, There is stuff to admire. Right, or do, uh, or, like, kind of be able to, like, like, act in certain situations like he's able to act, but I would certainly not want to be him because he can be an arrogant... He can... He's flawed, <laughs> we'll say. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we especially see that um, where... Y- you have so many stories where you have growth from like you, you have like someone inexperienced and maybe has a lot of character flaws and they kind of work through those flaws and gain more experience as the story goes on. Yes. But we seek both. We have the opportunity to see him after all of the events that this story is about because he's telling the story. Mm-hmm. And when we do see him, we can there's not there's not a lot to admire there. No, and to, and Again, backing up, it is, uh, for, again, for people that are a little more, it's been a while since they read the story or haven't read it, it, it is a, I like how you put it, story within a story, so it right. starts out and basically, it's, the story is both telling his, the story of his life to his, like, apprentice, I guess you could call Bass. Apprentice. And, and... like, this chronicler mm-hmm. slash, like, Bard slash storyteller slash scribe, yeah, yeah. slash scribe, yeah. But because anyway. not everyone can write. <laughs> yes, <laughs> not a lot of people can write yes. here. Um, but he's clear, like for for many heroes, you have at the end of their story, so to speak, you have them become this very competent, truly legendary individual, and uh, Quoth is such a uh, tired, broken mm-hmm. figure that's just withdrawn, and it's it's very sad and understandable to see, but not necessarily admirable. Right. Yeah. And oh, uh, oh, the kind of going to that. There's a little identity thing going on where he he ref. He refers to, and Rothfuss does this too in the language, he both refers to himself as Coat, as the innkeeper bar person who's just running this innkeep in this middle-of-nowhere town. He just wants to live his life and not really do anything. And it's interesting because then when he does his mood and, like, starts to shift, he'll, Rothfuss will call him Kvothe, right. referencing, like, the hero that the story and the legends are about. Yeah, yes. Um, that 
and or the real past guy. Yeah. So there are yeah. kind of three different people we're dealing with here. There's the future, the, the coat, the innkeeper. Right. And then there's Kvoth, the legend. And then there's Kvoth, the guy that most of this story is about. Yes, and kind of to that point more specifically about, about Kvoth, the legend, and Kvoth, like the actual person. And, and this is kind of... So, the whole, you have all these legends being said about Quoth. Like, he's, like, he can call down lightning and fire like Tabrolin the Great, and he can, like, he slayed a dragon, and he, like, and, like, he, like, had sex with the Felurian and survived, and, like, he did blah, 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 and, like, all this stuff, and, and, all these different legends, and he, like, is, like, quote, the Bloodless is one of the names that appears a lot. Uh, and, and, and that's just because he t takes some drug that stops him from bleeding so quickly when his skin gets broken. Yes. It's really not that uh, yes. impressive when and, you read about the real thing. Right, and and that's a, the kind of example of what Rothfuss is doing in that Quoth uh, is, he's not this fantastical, legendary person. He's just a guy. Now, he happens to be a very smart and resourceful guy, but he's a very smart and resourceful guy that just happened to be in the right time in the right place. Right. Or the wrong place at the wrong time. As is a so often <laughs> uh, <case>. Yes. <laughs> uh, and those different things mishmash together to become, like, the legend quote that you're talking about right. as opposed to the real person that's sitting down with Bast and Chronicler telling mm -hmm. this like telling this story and making sure that they understand like here are things that really happened in, uh, yeah, here are things that or how something actually happened. But I think that um, that helps him strike a very important balance where like Kvoth is a very extraordinary person. Yes. But, he, and Rothfuss wants to do that. He wants to, he, he wants to write about someone who is really cool and really competent, but doesn't want to make him um, what we've been calling a, a, a Gary Stew. The more, yeah. the more male, the male equivalent of a Mary Sue, just right. someone who's perfect and can do no wrong. Um, do you think he succeeds in striking that balance? I would ultimately say yes in most contexts, um, but that's uh, yeah. I, I would ultimately say yes. Although you had a really interesting observation about this about before you would mention. That is kind of you said something like it's kind of a moot point almost whether or not he does. Whether or not he does, um, what strikes that balance? Um, I'm sure it was amazing. <laughs> the <laughs> point I made, but I don't remember. Oh, okay. Um, well, yeah. Basically, going backwards, I'll say yes. I, I think he does, but there are times where it does kind of feel like he does have all of the. There are times where I think he is that Gary Stu, where he happens to have all of the tools that he needs to get out of a certain situation or 
such. But the legends and stories clearly magnify that. Yes. And mm -hmm. I, th I think he does, Rothfuss does a good job at showing how that happens. Yes. Where it's, uh, I'm thinking specifically about um, the climax mm -hmm. where um, this Dracus is attacking this town and um, Kvothe is kind of sort of responsible for getting it all riled up in the first place and he has to go and stop it. And what he does to stop it, all the, the creative ways he uses his magic, is really um, impressive, but it's not quite on the level that the stories make it out to be later. Yes. It's not, it's not, it is intellectually impressive, but it's not nearly as dramatic as the um, imperfect observers make it out to be. Yes. No, I'd agree with that. Right. Yeah, that, yeah, that... That is the big one. I would say the other big one, or one of the other big ones, is like you had said before, the bloodless, quote, the bloodless is right. really just, or at least that legend started with, he's getting whipped and he's not bleeding as much as he should, or like crying out. <laughs> In reality, like you said, he took a drug to numb himself somewhat and bleed less. <laughs> and when you say it like that, it's, it's just seems really unimpressive, but at the same time, it's... It's, it's cool that he knew that offhand, that that drug would be able to do that. So he used a very, a, a deep store of knowledge to um, create an impression. And it's interesting. I, I would almost say, this is a little, still on this topic, but a little different. I would say his defining, his like defining, not, not that people have one defining trait, but like the, the trait that most often defines him is like his drive and his ambition. Uh, because all all of the actions that he he tries to mold all of the actions that he takes in the book to serving either his to ser either serving his reputation or the big one is helping him find and defeat and get revenge on the Chandrian. But right, can, right, and the yeah. the Chandrian are um, who uh, killed his parents. Um, for reasons that uh, by the end of this book are still somewhat unknown to yes. us. Yes. So do we want to do we want to talk about the Chindri now or a little later on the road on the podcast? Um, maybe a little down the okay. road. Um, but you did uh, bring up uh, his determination. Yes. And mm. um, I like how that ties into or seems to actually kind of contradict his background as a. Um, a nomad of sorts. Um, he's part of the, and we're, we're a little uh, unclear on how to pronounce this, but I think it's Edema Ra. Oh, yeah. And, the, I, and I I say Edema Ru. I don't... What, something like that. Yeah. Um, pronun it's, pronunciation in... In fantasy. fantasy this is genre. not the last time that's going to happen. <laughs> um, you'll see. Yes. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, he... He's even said a couple times in the books, Quoth, that his his inclination is to wander, um, as you know, us coming from that whole background of always moving around and doing shows. He, he's a trooper, T R O U P E R. He, yeah, a, a theater person. I, I, how would you explain yeah, it? Yeah, I, theater. I guess. I, I guess you could say theater person but like and a perf a perf performer performer, performer, yeah, performer is best performer yeah. is better because right. he he uses those and that's kind of the those are kind of the skills 
that we see the mo we see him use the most when he's trying to either lie or connive or influence a certain conversation right. to go. And he does it very naturally too. Yes. Like the like the the big the, what he grew up doing. Right. Like a big one with that being the admissions process when he's trying to convince the masters at the university to admit him. Right. Um it's a good scene. Yeah, yeah, it's a great scene. But yeah, using his both, well, both cheating, which is another one, another speaking another to narrative and legends and stuff about him. Like he was admitted to the university at fourteen or however old. Like yeah, he got in, but he cheated. He literally sat and watched. He, in that scene, he sits and watches right. all the other people's auditions, so he knows the questions <laughs> he has to prepare for. <laughs> And then, so he goes in and he baffles all the masters, which he may have known, like, some of the answers. And, but and I, I think that was key to them not figuring out exactly what he did. He, di he did give some answers that were clearly not cookie cutter, so that kind of led them away from the truth of what he'd done. Right. Yes. <laughs> so that's yeah. another non-something-you-don't-want-to-exactly, ex you know, emulate no. and when, you, when you're reading about a hero. Yes. Right. Um, now, this, again, this, a lot of this stuff is what makes growth interesting. Right. But it, it does it, it does support and is an, another pillar, so to speak, on a Rothfuss uh, 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 subverting that hero. The idea of a hero. Right. Um... And by the same token, you have a hero, all these fantasy stories have heroes, and they also have a, a mentor figure. And we have a couple of those in this story. Yes, there are, yeah, there's, there's two main ones that I kind of, there's, well, there's one that is clearly the mentor, the main mentor, and then there's, yeah, a few others, but. Right. Um, we have a Ben, a Benthi. Mm -hmm. who he meets before he leaves his troop, um, who is a, a, a graduate of the university? I think so, yeah, if I remember correctly. Because I'm, ha I'm having trouble remembering the specific language that he uses um, because the university seems something so far away at the time, and I, I, I can't connect it with you know Master or Raylar or you know, all the other titles. Yeah, I don't... At the, because I don't remember, like, any of those titles being used that early on in the book. Right. Um, and Abenthi is really the catalyst that really sparks the Quoth's specific... In well, so Quoth is already a curious per child, a curious person. Mm -hmm. Abenthi really or, uh, stokes that kind of curiosity in the specific different disciplines that you could learn at the university. Mm -hmm. Right. Kind of simplify that, but... Yeah. In many ways, he he fulfills the role of the the Obi Dumbledolf yeah, we'll, of the series, we'll, we'll, we'll call him. We'll go with that. That the Yeah, we'll, we'll go with that. That part of Joseph Campbell's hero's journey. <laughs> right, which I would like to read. It's, it's interesting. It's very, it's a very dense, it's very dense, and when I read it, I know I didn't understand, like, probably a lot of the book but it, it is very you, you did were able to get some important stuff yes out of it. it is very interesting how campbell how he like shows 
how cultures throughout the world have a kind of a similar life cycle, life stages. But that's kind of beside the point. Yes. Um, um, and then Elodin, um, who is a master at the university, is also kind of a, a mentorish figure because he occupies a place that is not formally um, hierarchically above um, the other masters because that's the chancellor who is yeah the head, head of, of yeah like the headmaster but you don't really the headmaster er, er, <laughs> um, right uh, but uh, and Elodin doesn't have that kind of titular uh, th uh, stuff backing him up um, but all the masters understand that he has some sort of gravitas and knowledge that is beyond them. Yes, which, and he, and it's, it's, it's interesting because you can almost look at it, Benthi is a lot of the more, like, science-y or, like, more grounded disciplines and sympathy, whereas Loden is the one that teaches him naming, well, mm -hmm. teaches being a very loose term, <laughs> Right. You know, that's more that's teaching. Yeah, that's not necessarily this this book, but he he does see something in Kvothe that he wants to try to bring out. Mm -hmm. And Abenthi clearly um he gave Kvothe background and sympathy that really impressed everybody when he went to the university. Um and maybe that's where he what he centered his teaching around, but Abenthi clearly knows the higher level of magic that Elodin does. He, you know, Abenthi, he actually uses it. He does. Yes. yes. The, that's, yeah. why, that's, yes. Why, that's why. That's what I was... Yeah. Yeah. Cause, yeah. Cause it, and it's funny, I, I, the first time I read Name of the Wind, I know I didn't catch that, but like going through and it's like the mayor, he's the, he's like talking to the mayor of the town, I think, or, or which, the scene where, because Abenthi calls the Name of the Wind. Yes, well, yeah, that's when um, yeah. Kvothe tries to do something um, clever, read stupid. Oh, that's right. And yeah. Um, yeah. basically mm -hmm. starts suffocating himself. Yeah. And the only way Abenthi can solve it is to kind of go the step above and use the naming. Right. Which is the kind of higher form of magic is all we know at this point. Yeah, and yeah. To um, fix it, basically. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so there's also a love interest in the story. Right, yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. Let's, let's go to a, another trope here. Um, Denna, right? Yeah, Denna, Dana, Denna's... Diana, Devu, did whatever. All of her, um, she has like uh, ten different names right. that she goes by, but yeah. Denna's the one that she saves for Kvothe. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Um, it's not clear um, to what extent um, she's really genuinely singles him out aside from everyone I think she does I think she does but because she has she has a lot of she has a lot of friends <laughs> she she has a lot of male friends that she spends nights with yes <laughs> yeah like a, a night to a week of yeah uh, time and then uh, they are discarded mainly yes um, she is I I think that she feels a kinship 
because she is a wanderer at heart as well. Kvothe is always looking for her, but he can never find her in the same place. She goes from man to man and place to place. And it's funny because she kind of says the same thing about him, because there's a few times where he comments like, oh, like you're like i'm never able to find you and she goes well i'm never able to find you either like you must <laughs> what be makes you, like what makes you think i'm not looking for you too yeah basically. something like that and that's kind of that uh -huh. to what extent is she kind of singling him out or looking mm -hmm. for him mm -hmm. in yeah. that gray area and they're both wanderers and they both have have that dual triple name sort of deal going on with both and code and then denna and diane yeah, and then a um, few other different right. names she uses. And they all they both do seem to be different people because one of the weirdest things in the book, in my opinion, is that he, Kvothe meets Denna before he gets to the university. Mm -hmm. And so we know her as kind of this throwaway woman that mm -hmm. he meets along the way. And then he... Um, kind of builds up to this huge love interest in his in the frame narrative. If the future Kvothe does. Oh uh, yeah, you could say hey, there's a little bit of. There's a little bit, <laughs> like an entire chapter of him saying she's, she's really important. <laughs> yeah, she's waiting in the wings, waiting to make her entrance. Um, and then we get to her, and it's Denna, and we're like, wait, is this the same Denna that he met before? But he said explicitly he he was never going to see her again. And I think the reason Rothfuss did that is because it's not the same woman. And I don't think she even consider, considers herself to be the same woman oh. before and during the university. So that's another, she even says as much. So that's another interesting identity thing that he does then. Kind of the usually of like the coat growth and then like Denna with her being a, say, different person, quote mm -hmm. unquote. Yeah. Yeah, she was like from like their wagon ride to the university, and that's to... not yeah, and that's not insubstantial either because no. she was like really ditzy and airy and. Although he also makes a point, quote as narrator makes a point of saying, "Well, well, like it was great. We spent like all afternoon like talking and like there's at one point like there's another guy that joins the caravan and he gets noticeably jealous." <laughs> Kvothe does. Right. Yeah. 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 Right. You, yeah, so... Um, and then he spends some time with her by a lake. That, yeah, that's what I was thinking then they... Do they kiss? I don't... No, no. They don't. They, that's right. Because they, they, they never kiss. Yeah, they never... That's another thing. Yeah, they never kiss. It's... Yeah. 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 But that is... That is strange. Um, yeah. The, we can also kind of then, we can go into the other, how Rothfuss handles women. Oh, or, okay. Well, <laughs> Rothfuss, Kvothe, or kind of lack, I think it's lack, or lack thereof, for lack, lack of women, we should say, in the story of the, the women, that are not Dana. <laughs> the women that are in this book are, I think they're pretty good. I think they're well-written. I think they're good characters. I think they're um, different enough from one another. We're not, we're not talking about 
something very Tolkien here. <laughs> no, it's <laughs> it's not where you have like three Tolkien where you have like three. Well, the movies you have like three or four named female characters, mm -hmm. and their only purpose is in relation to the other <coughs> men in the series. But that's another Tol Tolkien would not pass the Bechdel test, <laughs> right? <laughs> but that's a, that's another that's, that's a different that another, that that's another can of worms. Yeah, another can of worms. But this book does. It does have the same amount of women. That's it kind. Does. Of, that's kind of the problem that we're. It does. At. Although I do agree that they do like serve their, like they do very much are more like actual characters, because mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, you have like Fella, who get, who does de get more development because she's like in she works with him in the artificery, and he and saves her. He saves her from, from the fire. fire. Which, that's the one thing, because then she's kind of the damsel in distress. Right, but... that's pretty unapologetic. Yeah. In, in its characterization. Um, um, Debbie is the uh, Debbie's another big one. Debbie is really, she's really, really cool. Yes. Um, she's, uh, what do you call that, a debtor? A, she's, a debtor? she's his debtor. They use some fancy word, but she's like, she's like an unsanctioned debtor, basically. Mm -hmm. And she, you know, she, she is truly, she makes her living deading other know, people yeah. other people um and she's very no nonsense um and she she's she's never she's never threatening away from a point that she we know she has to be for her job like there's this one point where she's really um threatening in her um and ominous when she needs his blood yes. and just to be like yeah this is just for you know insurance in case um in case this this doesn't work out and right. try to run or something, and it's not it's not even threatening. It's just like this is the way the business works. Right now, it's, and it's he, amiable actually. Right. Well, the the way she goes about it. Although right. he, but he also Quoth also knows that Debbie was expelled from the university. Oh, I forgot about for, that. For yeah, and that and that she at least knows how to use sympathy. Right, and she she wants access to the archives too, right? Isn't oh, that the, she just a little bit. Yeah, that's that's, she, that's cool. She, that's a motivation. At, yeah, because like at one point, at and one we, point, sorry, we we say two because Quoth was banned from the archives. Yes, um, which was kind of like death to him. <laughs> oh yeah, which is that okay? That's an interesting story thing because it involves lore and like no can't stand. Yeah, Lauren's. Well, you you would have a lot to speak on this subject. <laughs> the, the archives. Lauren and, is the arch. They call him the archivist, right? I was yeah, like, master archivist. I was like, whatever. oh, that's you know, he he just gets really bad about his books, um, but he gets as bad as Hemi, who's basically the story's snake. Without um, the without the redemption, well, pseudo redemption. He, he's he's a much has much of a jerk as Snape is. Yes, um, he is a much of a jerk. But, as Snape. Lauren is almost as bad because he he keeps rubbing Quill's nose in it and it's like get over it, dude. Yeah. He started to really bother me. Yeah, it's a I'm like I'm I'm a librarian and I, I wouldn't I'd like I'd 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 start talking to someone again after a while after they had fire in my library. <laughs> yeah, it's uh which that's an interest that was an interesting sequence because like all of that is basically caused because Ambrose, who is, for all intents and purposes, the story's Malfoy. Malfoy. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah, the story's Malfoy. Um, 
it, like basically tricks Kvothe into taking the uh, a like an open like a candle like the, an uncovered candle into the um the archives. No, but like the the section. Well, yeah, in general, the archives. The, the section that like the stacks is the section of the archives. Is it in the stack? Yeah, it, it, no, the, it's stacks the stacks are the stack. No, but he can get into the stacks. No, 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 no. The this no the stack like the, the stacks are is, is where he like goes. Well, he can get into the stacks, but right, he can't get into the archives. No, the st- So the the stacks are the part of the archives. Are you thinking of the Arcanum? No, no, no. no. Well, the Arcanum just references like if you're a, if you are an Alir or higher. Mm-hmm. The these the the archives is broken up into two sections. There's tomes and the stacks right the stacks are the the stacks are like the real meat of the archives where like everything is and the tomes is kind of just the basic stuff that like that if as long as you're a member of the university you have access to but but lauren bansom's from the archives. Yes, he bans him from the archives. If the stacks are part of the... He uses the stacks to study. He does. Well, well, what I was saying was that all of that is caused because Ambrose... Because Kvothe talks Ambrose and letting him So you're saying stacks. that he, he went into the stacks with, with a the, candle. With the candle. Yes. And, there, and thereby Lauren banned him from the... Archives. Archives. From all of it, yes. But not the stacks. No, from all of it, from the tomes and the like, because the archives. So the archives is like the big umbrella, referencing like this is the we, library. We can look into it later. I think right. there's a point that he uses the, where he uses the stacks to study for. There is, there is because later he finds a way to sneak into it, but we can talk about that because he finds the way to sneak into the stacks through the. Uh, but he thing. he does not find a way to sneak into the tomes. I don't think he really. Necessarily wants to or needs to because any information, at least the sense that's kind of implied is that anything you can find in the tomes you can find in more detail in the stacks. Okay. Uh, okay, fair. But anyways, that's a yeah semantics. Uh-huh. Well, I say semantics, but like part of the story is about semantics and all that stuff. Right. <laughs> but, um. Anyways, um... I guess we should talk about the story as part of semantics. I guess we should talk about the structure. Oh, uh, one thing I'll, on women, one more thing on like, yeah. women I'll say. The character of Ari, who I think... Oh, Ari! Gosh darn it, we almost didn't talk about who Ari. Who I think is the the most interesting female character in this story. No. Oh, God, yeah. A- admittedly, no uh, yeah, just because, I mean, yeah, Dana, Dana but, like, she's more... No, she isn't, she isn't. She is, Dana is interesting, but, like, Ari is the most mysterious character besides maybe Elodin. Where did she... Where did she come from? We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. She's just this urchin that has, like, no contact with people and lives mostly underground, knows the underground tunnels like the back of her hand, and she's says the craziest stuff. I love their interaction. I do. There, it's because she says stuff, <laughs> stuff that's so crazy, but she says it's such, such a dead, deadpan. Face. No, like, well, b- because that's how because that's how she views the world. I know. No, yeah. I know. Oh I know. yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. No. I get I'm that. Not, yes. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. But it's still funny. It She's is very like, funny. <laughs> and, and the the great thing about both is uh, about their interactions is that he eventually learns how to speak in her language, basically. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like. 
she's like, what's in this? Because he brings her food and drinks and stuff. What's yes. in this? There's, there's, there's sunlight, um, but it doesn't want to be in there. Yeah. Something, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, and he is, that is intelligence, but it's also empathy in him. That yes. We, that, that she reveals. Which is interesting because Quoth is not a particularly empathetic person. Because most of his yeah. m- motivation as a person comes from... Selfishness. If, 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 yeah, <laughs> basically, if he's in a situation, does this further, like, my goals of, like, either finding and getting revenge on the Chandrian or just gain, like, building my reputation in a certain way? Mm-hmm. Um, with the exception of, with the exception of, like, some of his, his interactions with Simon and, or Simon and Will. And, right. and some other, like, fella and Dan and some other people, but... Right. Anyways. Mm-hmm. We forgot about Mola. Yeah, she's or mentioned... Or Mona, Miss Mola. Well, oh, it's Mola. Mola she's in the one in the Medica, right? She's in the Medica, yeah. yeah. She's... she He might have not saved her from a fire, but in every other sense, she seems identical to, to fella, to be Yeah, because she, she... Well, although, she's, she's, she's not really in it a whole lot other than when he's in the Medica. Yeah. Yeah. She, d- she does help... She goes down and meets Ori at one point. Is that her fella? It's Mola. Because he, he brings her because she's concerned that he's concerned that Ori's hurt. Oh, so she that's he wants right. him from the Medica. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which woman does he find like he sneaks um into her like he doesn't sneak into her he like goes underground and then he goes into like the ladies' rooms. And she's like half naked. I think that's Fella. That's Fella. Yeah, I think that's that is Fella. Fella. That's right. Yeah, that's Fella. And then he walks away, and and like halfway back home, he's like, "Wait a second, she invited me into her room, and I said no. Wait, <laughs> yes. what? what? Why did I do yes. that? Comple- again, quotes, <laughs> quotes, complete obliviousness to anything that does not serve." Like one of like several goals of his, right? <laughs> meaning, right. meaning, he, he, I, I guess he, he yeah. is very focused. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay. which is, which, but it's interesting because like he he takes such care in his interactions with Denna, insofar as like romantic stuff goes. But then you have this that situation with Fellow where she's basically naked, and right. he's kind of like, oh uh, yeah, but I forget why was he there? Did, I don't. I don't know if he meant to be... I don't know if... Did he mean to go there? No, I, he... I think did he... Did he get lost? I don't remember. But either way, the point... That point's kind of... For the sake of this part of the discussion, he's still... Again, the obliviousness right. and... It's kind of funny. But, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, structure? Yes. Structure? So, go ahead. Uh, he only... He seems to only give us the bare minimum of the traditional structure... You have uh, the climax with the Drakas, which we've already mentioned. Yes. And um, when he, when his home, when he has to leave his home. Uh, so, so when you say structure, you mean the traditional hero hero's journey? Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, and uh, the Chandrian moment is where he his family gets killed. Yes. Um, is similar to other stories' hinge moments. Yes. So kind of like backing up a little bit on that point. That's yeah. Basically, if you have, if you have the traditional hero's journey where the hero like they they're introduced and then something happens. 
and something happens and like their life is going to turn upside down and they're forced to leave their like home or safe place or whatever and mm-hmm. go on this journey and where then in which point they meet the mentor and mm-hmm. have character development <laughs> or what we'll call character development and then they eventually face <coughs> well what joseph campbell would ultimately refer to as like their father but can really be a metaphor for like for facing for like the moment in which they become like an adult or mm-hmm. Like the full a a fuller version of themselves, and that usually involves caretakers dying. Yes, yes. So that back going back to that hinge moment. Yes, it's usually yeah. yeah. You have the yeah. His parents die, so that's like Batman. Yes. Um, or or Spider Man with uh, Uncle Ben, or um. Yes. Luke. Luke. Yes, Uncle Owen. Yeah, that that. Star Wars is the big one as far as if you're going to look at traditional hero structure. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just as a new hope, it's all, like, uh, without going into a Star Wars discussion, Joseph Campbell's hero's journey was George Lucas's biggest influence. Right. And he has said as much. But, yeah, so the mm-hmm. Luke and Uncle Owen and Aunt Peru dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have Martha. You have Martha. Uh, <laughs> um, and uh, then... Is something like Lord of the Rings where um, no one dies, but Frodo still has to, because uh, the wraiths are coming for him, he has to leave uh, the Shire. Yeah, and that's, and that's, an, that's an interesting one. Just because it's not, you don't, it's not, it's not, I mean, it still relies on the threat of, or the, like, actual happening of, like, his home being destroyed, but it's not necessarily, like, his... Because he's, Frodo is, well, Frodo's in because he's kind of like an adult when we, he's kind of like an adult in he, Hobbit terms. He is. He is well, term, he, he, he's, he's 50. Yeah, he's, he's 50. 50 years old. Um, but the way that he conducts, especially around Bilbo, who's 111. Well, he's, he's a kid. He is. He, to, he is. He is in a kid. Relation, he in relation like a to Bilbo. kid to Gandalf. The hobbits are kind of not just in their stature, but in how they approach life. It's yes. it can be said that at least men would view them as more children. childish. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Well, well, and and more so with like Merry and Pippin, at least insofar as how they're portrayed. Because uh, Sam is kind of the most adult and hero. The real hero of Lord of the Rings. So that's another discussion. <laughs> oh yeah, that is. That is. Um, uh, and uh, so, uh, so story structure. Um, it's also this uh, story within a story thing. Yeah, I mentioned that earlier, but yes, go ahead on. Yeah, it's um, it's just um, really, really cool how that happens. I, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, no, it is. It, it's so the the whole thing is. I kind of think of it in terms of, I think of the book in general in terms of like sec, like kind of kind of different the different chunks of like his life that you get. Uh-huh. Or, so, well, some of them aren't necessarily chunks of his life, but the first section of the book is kind of Kvothe slash Coat at the Waystone Inn uh, with Bast and Chronicler, and that's, mm-hmm. that's Bast being his um, protege. Yes, manservant. Yeah, all of the above. The, oh, every every character serves like different. Serves like five different roles in like in like how they like 
what they do on a daily basis. But mm-hmm. um, are we gonna? Are we gonna talk? Maybe, maybe, maybe next episode we'll talk about Bast. Yes. Yeah. I think that's um, safe. Yeah. Um, uh, yes. Yeah, so yeah, that's kind of the intro to like just the story of the King Killer Chronicle more broadly. Um, so you were talking about sections of story. Yeah. 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 And then the next. Yeah. Then the next section is kind of his early childhood slash like the time he's with the Ademaru or however you want to pronounce that. Uh, then you have Tarbine, where he's basically a beggar on the street of this city for, like, three years, I think it is. And then the main bulk of the story is when he's at the university. Uh, and then you have the climax slash wandering with Dena and Treban. Right. Uh, and then you're back at the university f- to wrap up all that stuff and for him to get promoted to, like, Raylar and have that really cool scene with Ambrose, confronting Ambrose with the Masters, mm-hmm. um, and then and him actually calling the name of the wind, and then when he's back in the Waystone Inn as kind of the coda, as you would say, as you could put right, it. Right, right. To, to um, and kind of, of a, a different climax. Oh, and that's something I wanted to say earlier about okay. him as him as a hero. In that last climax um i really like how he doesn't save the day yes Mm -hmm. he uh the demon comes in wearing this guy's skin and um he's basically feels no pain and he's stronger than everybody else Mm -hmm. and uh kvoth tries to set him on fire um but it doesn't work and he basically without the help of bast and the um, Smith's apprentice, the Ironsmith's apprentice. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, he he might have died. Probably. Almost, yeah. I think and, he, he would have. And that's kind of a really interesting what if, um, because um, because that a little bit later, when Bast is has his whole like Batman threatening scene oh with Connor <laughs> Oh, that's something else. Um, like, you get, like, Bass spends several pages basically threatening Chronicle with all the ways he's going to, like, make his life a living hell if he, if he, like, makes, if he puts Kvothe in a painful, I don't know, the right, like, if painful he, mood, or... If you make my master cry, I'm going to destroy your life. Basically. Entirely. That's basically the summary of what happens, and... Like, at the end of that, Bast is just kind of like, I just want my Reshi back. He just, he, the Reshi is how he refers is a, is to Kvothe. Is a nickname, or, yeah, pet name, whatever. Pet name, whatever. And, but, and, and that's kind of, and that also kind of speaks to, like, what you said about the climax and that Kvothe doesn't save the day. So, had those people not defeated the demon, would Kvothe have, like, done something that would have defeated the demon? That's, I, I don't have the answer I couldn't really answer that based off of information we he have. He seems like when he, when it it he he was very ca- he was very casual and like he he like broke the bottle against the guy's head and then so that he could like yeah because he tries to use sympathy to light the demon on fire right right, right? With, with the yeah. line or whatever he was like or, and then yeah. when that failed the demon grabbed him and he was just like okay I guess this is it. 
So, all right, he, my he just did not care. Yeah, and, and so in that con, if you when you frame it that way, it's almost like no, he would have died. But all the other thing is, so he has that sword. Whatever is it called? Folly? I think it's in the name. Folly. Yeah. Yes. But like you see him, he clearly uses it at the because so at the beginning, there's a scene where him and where Chronic before he starts telling the story, where him and Chronicles on the road and he meets up with Quote for some reason. And they're attacked by the Scraves, the spider right. demon mm-hmm. things. Quote clearly uses the sword and fights the demons in that scene. So be, yes, he does. No, he does. He does. Yeah. yeah. So I'd be curious to see why, or maybe basically in the scene at the end with the demon, would he have like used the sword to save himself and the other people? How with how you put it, I would almost say no. But I don't know if he had time to get it. That's a good point because it does that. That while it takes while it's all described, in it takes a, a while, a lot of page to describe. It happens pretty quickly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. Um, let's really quickly before we wrap up here. Let's talk about uh, language um, in the book. Yes. Um, because he's very, he has some very good prose. Um, yes, that is yeah. a, he, he's also like an English teacher, so that's kind of his thing. <laughs> yes, yeah. Yes. He's, uh, <laughs> as you've said before, um, with Brandon Sanderson, it's, it's kind of the opposite. Yeah, it's the opposite of Brandon, of Brandon Sanderson. Brandon Sanderson, because he, his prose, he has his prose get out of the way. Of we're, we're, yes, yes, yes. Um, Sanderson, Sanderson does. Yes, Sanderson's prose very much gets out of the way. Mm-hmm. Whereas um, here, it's just some beautiful, gorgeous sentences yes. all throughout the book. Yeah, um, there's there's a lot of times where I wrote down like a direct quote or sentence just because it sounded mm-hmm. cool to say. <laughs> and I think that that's a good thing. Um, but he has Rothfuss has said that he wants to at least avoid too much of that because he doesn't want it want to take you out of the story. He wants it to enhance the story. Yes. Yeah, which is which is interesting cuz he obviously is doing a lot more meta things with like the the plot of the, the plot of the in and of its the plot of the book in and of itself is not like the main draw for this story. Um, the plot, no. Yeah, like, no. like yeah, like we're, we're like in, in comparison to say like a Sanderson or like Martin type of thing, right? But no, the plot's cool, but it's not it, the plot. You know, it's more how he tells the story and all that, as we've been talking about. But yes, yeah, I would. It's like you can you can pound out the plot on a piece on a sheet of paper. Yeah, um, and <laughs> you can just kind of go from there. I would not look to, to this book um, for advice on, you know, how to intricately plot a book. No, but no, no, no. That's, but not, it, that's not what we're talking about. Right, and, and that's not what he's trying to, what Rothfuss is trying to do. And this is interesting because this, yeah, because like it's, some people might be drawn away from the book because of that, which is totally fair, I think. Yes, but I think it is too. It, because it, that's a, Kind of that that's like a taste thing of like if you don't if you don't like if you don't like a story that's more focused on the language and how it's 
and not and how it's kind of telling the story then yeah but anyways mm-hmm. um i think that he needn't have uh, rafa's needn't have worried about purple pros um because or, or at least using it too much um because well we haven't seen him use it too much maybe it could be too much we, we're not quite sure right um but i think that it's not really an issue whether or not he um, succeeded at striking the right balance or not. Because if you don't want to read that kind of prose, you're not. It's not going to be your kind of book anyway. Yes, I agree. You know what? That's the point that I was thinking of earlier when I I, I mentioned a point earlier about um, about oh I thought that your thought about. The language was your was your what you were talking about in regards to Quoth as a Gary Stu, but I was just misremembering that. But oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, the non-issue. Yes. Yeah. Yes. The, the non-issue, yes. like yeah. la- language as a non-issue, or language getting in the way of the story as a non-issue instead of Quoth as a Gary Stu as a non-issue. Right. Yeah. Did you ever have anything to say on the language? Oh, I mean, it, it is not. I mean, we could we could quote beautiful lines, yeah, blue really, in the face, but that's not really the point, right? Yeah, I mean, not not much else other than what you already said. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a there's a lot of really cool like just phrasing, and not that I'm know a whole lot about all that, but I know I'd like to say I know enough to like. Say hey, that sounds like a cool sentence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I don't think you need yeah. particular background to be like, oh, that's nice. Right. Um, well, I think that's um, all we really need for th- this episode. Um, for uh, next episode, we'll be uh, discussing maybe a little, a little less uh, big themes, a little more minor points like certain characters and the magic system, uh, maybe a little bit of world building. Yes. No, I think that's, yeah, yeah. Because we f- we're figuring with this, with this book, there was a little, there was too much to try and do in one episode. And we, and we were figuring the best way to kind of break that up would be if we did one episode that was more overarching themes and then one that was a little more of like, a little more detailed and like the nitty gritty of like, like specifics about the story yeah we'll so. see that how that goes yeah so okay. all right this has been the acolytes of merlin again we are your host johnny and and jonathan halpern all right thank you for listening